You are Locked On Nationals, your daily Washington Nationals podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, everybody. Josh Neighbors here, Locked On Nationals podcast. On today's show, part two of three in my conversation with Lindsey Crosby of Locked On MLB Prospects. Conversation was so good that we get three parts of it. On today's show, we talk Cade Cavalli and Jackson Rutledge, guys that uh, my guy Lindsey really likes, and he gives us his thoughts on them. Part three after this, we'll talk about uh, a lot of the positional players and some other things as well. Hope you guys enjoy. All right, part two of the conversation between myself, Josh Neighbors, and Lindsey Crosby. I am the host of Locked On Nationals. He is the host. What we call it, Locked On Farm now, Locked On Prospects. What's the proper title? So it is Locked On MLB Prospects, but the Twitter account had a bunch of underscores and things, and I just said, you know what? Locked On Farm is easy to remember. So Which the Twitter is awesome. account's I love Locked On Farm. That's great. Locked yeah. On Farm is awesome. All right. I was so amazed it, it was available. Which is great. You're right. Locked On Farm. It's, it's very good. Um... If you guys missed part one, we talked about the Nationals signing Christian Vaccaro. talked about a guy signed last year in the international draft, Armando Cruz. We talked about Seth Romero and his situation right now at the Nationals and his potential future as well. So make sure you guys check that out on both feeds, wherever you guys get your podcasts from. This one's going to be more of a general kind of thought about where the Nationals, you know, some of their top guys are, where they are as a farm, and, and also – let Lindsay get in here and talk about you know his thoughts as a team. It's always good to get the outsider perspective on the team to, to hear what other people think. You know, a little dose of reality is always pretty good. Although I will say I'm a bit of a skeptic, but there are more farm players to be excited about than they had in the past. All right, so we touched on Brady Brady House in the first one a little bit, so I'm, I'm going to kind of cycle him to back. Let's talk about pitching really fast, Lindsay. Let's, let's, okay. let's not real fast. We'll talk as long as we want to about it. But this team, when they won a World Series, who were the big three arms? Max Scherzer, Steven Strasburg, Patrick Corbin were your big three, right? Good big three. It's good, very good big three, yeah, when they had them, right? One of those guys is a homegrown player, right? Steven Strasburg. And, and now, mm-hmm. obviously, the injuries are catching up to him and so on, which has been difficult. But they, they, you know, they've really tried to get as many guys as possible you know, from the farm system up into the – pitching ranks, but it's not worked for them, right? Eric Fetty kind of being number one, Seth Romero with his transgressions. It felt like maybe he could have been up there a bit faster, but his injuries, transgressions have kept him from kind of moving up the ranks in a meaningful way. Well, they've got two guys now in Jackson Rutledge and Cade Cavalli. I'm a Jackson Rutledge stand. I think this kid is legit. I think San, any anybody from San Jacinto, you know this, San Jacinto is a stamp of approval. In the college yep. ranks, is it not that that it is, is? It's one of the best. Uh, I guess it was a junior college, you know, CC, whatever it is. Um, he is a guy that I think is is Nationals fans should be hopeful about. That's where I want to start. Your impressions of Rutledge, what you've seen so far of him in the professional level and the timetable. Give give us the whole nine yards, please. Okay, so. Reminder of who Jackson Rutledge is, 2019 draft pick, number 17 overall, got a bonus of like three and a half million. Um, Massive human being, six foot eight, 250 pounds. He is an incredibly large person. 
but the thing about being that size is he can harness it really well. So Jackson Rutledge has a, a great fastball that can reach triple digits. And it's not just a fastball that you stand there and it blows past you. It's deceptive. So the fastball has a lot of good tail on it. And I think especially against a lefty, it's going to give them a lot of trouble um, when he can pump it up. He can pump it up fast and he can run it in on you. So that's the conversation with, with Rutledge. Starts off great fastball. Okay. The slider, the slider wipeout pitch. I mean, this mm. is a slider that that when it works, when he can harness it correctly, this is a pitch that can make or break an at-bat. I mean, this is an out pitch. This is a pitch that you call on when it's a full count and bases loaded. This is a key pitch, but he has to learn to locate it better. Uh, the issue he has right now is he's got the best intentions with it, but he can't always throw it for a strike when he wants to. So when it's on, amazing pitch. And supposedly that's what he's been working on a lot in the offseason this year. I'm excited for whenever minor league uh, camp actually happens so I can get my eyes on him because what I've heard is he's been working specifically on the slider. And then something that I want him to do, and I think once he does this, it's really going to unlock things for him, is I want him to figure out his third pitch. He's got mm -hmm. a curveball. He's got a changeup. They're both a little eh. Um, the issue with the changeup is it doesn't have enough difference between the fastball and and the change. Like it, when he slows it down enough, like where it needs to be, it doesn't move at all. And mm. obviously, a pit, you throw a pitch slowly, it doesn't move at all. Right. That's that's BP. I mean, Pete Alonso puts that in the stands. And right. so, what I need him to do is I need him to either make the curveball more dynamic. You know, up his. If they didn't put a a, a a crack down on sticky stuff last year, I really think that he could have fixed his curveball pretty quickly. But I'm glad that he he hadn't figured it out when they went ahead and said no more sticky stuff, so that now he has to figure out how to the correct Detour way. Detour How did you feel okay. about that that situation? Because and also, is there is there a difference between how it's regulated in in the minors? As it you know, as it is the majors. What is the effect? Because they teach this. This is kind of a taught behavior yeah. all the way up the ladder. Is there a difference? Are you being primed for the majors because of how it's enforced? What's the difference for folks that don't know? I think the biggest issue is you don't use the same baseball all the way through. Okay. So MLB has different uh, levels of baseballs, and we've heard all of the reporting, whether it's the Athletic or different places, all about how they they juice the ball and then dejuice the ball and everything, but. The, the major league ball is the same ball you use at AAA. Mm -hmm. AA and single A for the longest time used a different ball. And it's theor like theoretically, it's the same. It's the same. It's supposed to be the same ball, but it's right. a lower quality as far as the standard from ball to ball. So right. the highest quality baseballs are selected for MLB and AAA. And then the lower grade ones are AA and single A. And so whenever you see a guy called up straight from AA to the pros, you have to be mindful of one. He's adjusting to a different baseball. That is and insane. It it doesn't make sense. Some some teams have started to spend the money to get that mm. professional baseball at their double A site, right. and it's something where you go through so many in a season that single A maybe isn't worth it, but at least double A they're trying to get that because you see more more teams now bring guys from double A straight to the big leagues, especially pitchers. Pitchers are guys who I feel like. 
uh, dependent on proximity where your triple A team is and your double A team is to to um, to right. Washington. Uh, yes. Yeah, like it's one of those Atlanta likes to bring their pitchers from AAA because it's right down the street. It's it's different for everybody. But I live in Richmond. That is the team that they took from Richmond. The Gwinnett, I believe it's Gwinnett, right? AAA now. Gwinnett. Yeah, it's, yes. The Gwinnett. It's now the Stripers. It's not. It's not the Gwinnett Braves anymore. It's now the Gwinnett mm. Stripers. But yeah, like that's something where they're using different balls, and so they may learn. You know, what's the combination of grip substance that I need? But in the end you have to relearn that at AAA. So I don't quite have great stats on which pro, which which teams give their AA team the pro balls and which ones don't, but I think that's something. And honestly, side note, I just want MLB to do like Korean baseball does and just have a slightly tacky ball. The So the, 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 the baseball in Korea and Japan just is already pre-treated and it's a little bit tacky and it's enough where you can get a grip uh, you have that control, but it's not so much where it influences how the ball actually spins and moves through the air. So side note, I just want them to go ahead and do that. The players want it. It would solve this whole problem because you can just say, you don't get anything because we fixed the ball. But do we yes. trust MLB to actually do anything correctly with the baseball? Nothing actually correctly in, in, any, in anything. Exactly. I want to yeah. ask you, so I want to ask you about, you know, when you watch Rutledge throw, like so when I watch mm-hmm. Max Scherzer throw, right? Uh, effortless is definitely not the word I would use. <laughs> it's a very yeah. max effort, every rep, just yeah. all out, right? When I watch Rutledge throw, it's the opposite. It is mm-hmm. effortless velocity. Um, what is, does that help you kind of, in the, like, like it, you know, is that easier on the arm? Does it look easier on the arm for some guys? Does that help longevity? What's, what's that kind of process like? So when we're trying to project a prospect out, a pitching prospect, one of the things we look for is, is their arm action violent or easy? And there's a lot of guys you might hear him described. So Seattle's Matt Brash. He's a guy who a lot of folks are high on his potential and his stuff, but his arm action is so violent that it seems like he's not going to be able to sustain it. I think about the poster shot of this to me. I think about Tim Lincecum. Tim Lincecum was a smaller stature guy and when his stuff was there, I felt like he was great. But when he was injured, he just it wasn't the same. And he got injured so often because right. of his arm action and how violent it was. Violent, violent yes. Yeah, very violent. Uh, Rutledge, it seems to come really easy. And you can tell that he's had coaching from somebody who understood the kinetic chain, who who had studied kinesiology and and really knew how to do a repeatable motion that's lower stress. So part of that is his size. He's just such a big person. You don't have to put as much effort in to get mid nineties on your fastball. He could, he could put more work on his motion. He could probably hit triple digits. He has the physical build for it, but then he would increase the violence on his arm to the point where you would begin to worry about injuries. And I don't think he was fully healthy in 2021 anyway. Um, Some of the people in the organization that I talked to and I heard from, uh, they thought he was just nicked up all year. He looks, because it's so effortless, he looks like everything's fine. But in reality, he, he wasn't fully healthy. I think his velocity is going to probably be 96, 97 when he's fully healthy, simply because his his action is so smooth, so fluid. Um, but I'm really excited to see what he looks like again once we finally get a minor league season. And then assuming he's, now fully healthy again. 
Uh, let's talk about Kate Cavalli, another guy who's – and he seems a bit more um, major league ready. Is that is that a fair term? He's just he's, – he's a little bit older, right? He is his pretty mature body. You know, he's a big kid, 6'4", 230. Uh, he – to me, there's sometimes – I think to myself, I'm like, he looks bigger. Then I'm, I'm like, he looks kind of more lean. I can never really get a read on how I feel about him, but he just seems like a bit more mature guy. I mean – he seems like he's just kind of powering his way through the ranks. And this is somebody we're going to see in the major leagues real soon. Mm-hmm. I know everybody wants, you know, the Nationals, there's no reason to rush guys right now, right? You want to make sure they can get guys in good spots to succeed. Don't want to push anything too early. But this kid's this kid's making a move. He is. And so the big thing behind Kei Cavalli, obviously, first-round pick out of Oklahoma in 2020. And he dealt with some injuries in college. And so I think not having a 2020 season was probably a, a a really good thing for him. It gave him a chance to get healthy. Obviously, he was at the alternate site uh, and did some of that stuff. But last year, you saw him started off in high A, ended up in triple A, was healthy all season, showed he could take a heavy workload. I think he threw 125 innings across all three levels last year. And he did struggle a bit at triple A. And it looked like he struggled um, trying to get outs in the zone. So a lot of what he does, I mean, obviously we know his, his stuff is a complete separator. I mean, he has some of the best stuff in the national system and, and he's got, whether it's the fastball, which is already above 95, it comfortably sits there. He can get it to a hundred if he needs to his, his delivery, same as Rutledge, very easy delivery, very powerful. Um, he's got a good changeup. I don't, I think it could be better. Uh, the the ball does have good action, but he can improve it a bit. He's got two different breaking balls that he feels comfortable at throwing for strikes, which is not something you see all the time. He's got a power curve and a slider, and then his sinker is a is a project pitch, I think. But he's a good athlete. He's got everything that he needs to, I would say, be provided tri- AAA goes okay, be in Washington by the All Star break. And I think he has what it takes to be a contributing member of this rotation as soon as 2022 in the back half. I mean, he's just, this is some of the best stuff in your system. And he's a guy that I'm really excited for. Uh, I think he's he has the potential in a couple of years to be your number one or number two. Like that's how good this kid is. And it's all because, honestly, I think it's all because he didn't have to play in 2020 because he didn't have a 2020 season. It gave him time to get healthy. It gave him time to work on some stuff. And I think it's paying off. You know, that 2020 is such an interesting season because the way it affected everybody. And I'm not sure how you feel about this, but I am, you know, my one big concern Mm -hmm. about the lockout right now is the schedule because these players, especially I'm worried about pitchers mostly. They're such creatures of habit. Mm -hmm. And to have multiple seasons in a, you know, this this would be two out of the last three seasons that are not normal. But the problem is to your body, it none of them become normal, right? If you right. go, you know, even you even extend it to four, right? You throw 162 in 2019, or you know, you do 116 in 2019, you short it to 60 and, and have the camp, then cut the camp, then redo the camp, right? In 2020. The short camp. The short camp. Then you go back to 2021, normality. Then you go back to 20, then you go 2022, maybe not normal. That's my concern. I'm sure you're seeing this across both guys in the pros and across guys in the minor leagues. Is everybody being affected differently? Is it just kind of a hit or miss? Like this guy's done well, 
it's kind of hurt this guy. It's, it's helped this guy. It doesn't help that guy. So on average, we saw soft tissue injuries last year up, uh, I want to say 160-ish percent. Jesus, man. And a lot of it was, like you said, just a lot of the variability in the workload. And for the minor leaguers, we're seeing, especially the guys who didn't get to go to the alternate site, we're seeing they weren't able to ramp up quite like they wanted last year. Right. And we actually talked about this on last Monday's Locked on MLB Prospects, but there's an, there's an advantage here for teams that still have a good scouting department where I feel like you're going to be able, if you can get eyes on a guy, you can't just go off of stats right now. And you can't go, you can't evaluate performance off of what a guy did on paper. You need to see them throw. You need to see how, you know, how healthy they were. And you need to talk to them and find out like a guy like, like Cavalli. I think he would tell you that he's better coming out of the lockout. I'm sorry. Uh, uh, the pandemic year. Right. Um, what I would worry about right now is if I had a prospect who was really toolsy, but didn't necessarily have the technique and that's pitchers and hitters, fielders, everybody, a guy who had the physical talents, but needed to practice the, you know, need the reps, they get the reps. They need the live reps. And that's, that's because when you're, doing stuff at home like you were in 2020 when you're in a you know a season like 2021 where you're not throwing as much because they're trying to avoid ramping up your workload too much you struggle like it's really easy to practice on your own and ingrain a bad habit and so mm-hmm. if you have a guy who's super toolsy who has a lot of inherent talent but needs technique that's a guy who you're seeing isn't going to progress like you thought he would uh, last season and this season. And that's a guy where you have to understand you've got to give them some more time. You've got to be patient with them simply because uh, they just, they didn't get that hands-on instruction. And in some cases they learned bad habits. I remember reading stories about during the pandemic, there were pitch major league pitchers who were going to public ball fields to throw. They didn't have radar guns. In Florida, there was, yeah, I, I was hearing these stories. It was amazing. They didn't know how fast they were throwing. They didn't know what was actually a strike and wasn't. And they got into seasons in 2020. Uh, Mike Fultonevich, now with the Rangers, he's a great example of a guy who used to throw in the high 90s. But when he was at home during the pandemic, all he did was cardio and throw against a wall. And he lost a bunch of weight. He thought he was throwing harder than he was. He thought he was still up in the high 90s. He was in the high 80s. And he had no idea. And so when the season actually started, he's just getting shelled. shelled. He's getting shelled because he he thinks he's up there pumping gas and he's not. And so guys that – and I I especially worry about um, the lower-level guys who didn't get to come to the alternate site. So, you know, Cavalli was okay. Rutledge was okay. The lower-level guys in the system who were on their own for 2020, especially your pitchers. Mm -hmm. That's where you worry about their ability to contribute this year. And that's why I think it's important for some of these guys uh, like a Rutledge to maybe spend a little bit of time in the minors, making sure that their bodies are acclimated to the workload before you bring them to Washington this year. Just give them a chance to ramp up normally, especially if we have a shortened spring training. Give them a chance to, to ramp their bodies up slowly and be ready for the workload and then bring them to Washington. I'm with you on that. Uh Quick word from our sponsors here. Today's show is brought to you guys by Built Bar. Go to built.com today. That is built.com. When you guys do, use the promo code LOCKED15. 
L-O-C-K-E-D-1-5, LOCK15. And you guys will get 15% off the variety of Built Bars that they have. They also have got Built Go, Built Boost. Check that stuff out. But the flavors they've got right now, coconut almond, peanut butter brownie, raspberry, cookies and cream, salted caramel, mint brownie, all those uh, these protein bars covered in chocolate. They taste delicious. Great for a New Year's resolution. If you guys are trying to eat healthier, replace the candy bar, get the Bill Bar. This is a type of protein bar that you can eat, taste delicious in, for breakfast, then go on a three-mile run and feel good. Or you can have it after the three-mile run, still feel good. Built Bar, got you covered. Go to built.com today. It's built.com, promo code LOCK15, L-O-C-K-E-D-1-5, LOCK15, for 15% off today. All right, that will do it for this edition of Locked On Nationals, part three of my conversation with Lindsey Crosby. It's coming up this weekend. We talk Brady House uh, and so just some things generally across the league that we want to hit on too. Fun conversation coming up. Make sure you guys follow us on Twitter at LO underscore Nationals. You can follow me at Josh Neighbors underscore. Till next time, my friends, as always, stay safe.